you know, just coming into this space here this morning, I felt like maybe a few of you felt exhausted too. And uh, so part of it is, as I thought about the sermon coming up and, you know, the words about Jesus being at the Father's side, you know, in the Father's bosom, you get the picture that he's kind of leaning and he's resting there. I thought, man, I, I really would like some rest this morning. I'd like to lean into the Lord as well. So part of that uh, inspiration for this morning just comes from the, the, the truth of where I'm at. I'm actually just really, really tired. And if I don't get some strength from the heart of God, you know, I'm just going to languish. So I'm myself right now. I'm like, I see myself leaning into the Lord, listening for his heartbeat praying that somehow by his grace, you know, the, the heart that he has that's just pumping life into his prayers and that it would somehow pump life into me and to each and every one of us as well uh, through the power of the Spirit. But one of the things that I love about this picture is, um, is a complete trust that I see in John. This complete trust. He's a man, he's a young man according to tradition, but he just so trusts the Lord. And yet, he's also himself, right? He hasn't lost any bit of who he is. This is not a person who's so bent into somebody that he loses himself. He's completely himself in this picture. And yet, there's also this deep, deep communion. There's all these things happening in this picture. And as many icons, it's also showing us Glory emanating from that's the, the the divine glory that's coming out through that that golden light that surrounds them um, is what happens when we truly come into communion with the Lord. Um, so I want to spend some time just sort of unpacking that because I think for us this morning one of the reasons perhaps that we don't really come into communion with the Lord and make it a priority the way it was for John is we don't fully appreciate the divine glory. We don't fully appreciate the gift of what it means. Um, a lot of times we're not gathering ourselves to the Lord because we're unaware of the incredible blessing of the glorious presence of God. And John is obsessed with it, by the way. His whole gospel is about seeing the glory of God and bearing witness to that glory. And he wants all of the disciples that he knows and he's writing the gospel to in the church to enter into that glory that he's come to know. Because he's borne witness to it. We have seen his glory is how he puts it. And a lot of that has to do with the, the times that he drew away with the Lord in that kind of intimate way, very similar to this picture. He drew away with the Lord and glory came. In fact, that really profound time when he goes up to the holy mountain and there's this transfiguration and there's, a, there's this incredible shining Shekinah glory of the holy God right there and he's full of light and it's white, bright white and he's talking to Moses and Elijah and uh, that's when, of course, he hears from the Father, listen to my son along with Peter. So he's borne witness to the glory. He wants us to enter into it. And uh, I've often thought, too, that John is a special gift for us in the difficulties. How do we make it through difficulties? How do we make it through times of exhaustion? I think we learned from John on how to do that. Um, by the way, I think this is at the heart of who we are as a people. I alluded to this last week in our annual meeting. Our mission is to be a church of glory. Our mission is to be light of Christ, right? That's about glory. That's the glory of God. 
Our mission is to reflect the light of Christ's love, his hope, his healing in this southeast area of Wisconsin. That's our mission. But the only way that we can do that is if we get the mirror of our souls. A lot of the early fathers would talk about our own souls like being a mirror, if you will. But the only way we can really reflect the light of Christ's love, hope, and healing is if we get our mirror right up next to him, really close, which is what he does with the Father. He never leaves the side of the Father. He's at the Father's side. He's in the Father's breast. He's in the bosom of the Father. He's just so near to the Father that he can reflect that light perfectly and completely like no one else because, of course, he is also divine. But he's fully human in our humanity, reflecting that to us so that we can see it. We're called to do the same, but we can only do that, as John shows us, by leaning our mirror close to him, Jesus, who's leaning his divine human mirror close to the Father. So this kind of reflexivity of love if we're really beloved by drawing near to Jesus, as he is loved of the Father, has never departed from the Father's side, the Father's always with him, then we too, being near Jesus, in the power of the Spirit, will shine and reflect that light of Christ, his love, his hope, his healing. This is, so I think, very much a part of who we are, what I'm trying to talk about today. Um, yesterday, and talk about one aspect of, um, of this coming near and what it means for us, this way of John. Yesterday was uh, in a half-day-long meeting. It was a re retreat for uh, Racine Vocational Ministry. And uh, most of you know uh, our brother Jim right up there who's uh, enjoying my sermon. <laughs> gotcha! <laughs> um, he's tired too, as you can tell. He needs this sermon badly. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <laughs> um, so we were in this, this uh, half-day-long meeting, and one of the things that, um, that Racine Vocational Ministry often ends up doing is helping people come out of addiction. And we, of course, have been doing a lot of work in that with our recovery ministry. And uh, um, lots of just incredible stories about how the Lord does it. Because Racine is a, is a faith-based organization. Most uh, everybody is a really solid Christian who's involved with that ministry and that work. But um, the, the thing that kind of caught my attention was when I was listening to one of our leaders, her name is Pam. She does a tremendous amount of work, not just even in Racine vocational ministry, but in her life in general. She's a recovering addict herself. And uh, one of the things that she said is that you can't change if you're in charge. You can't change if you're in charge. And so one of the fundamental things that she believes is that you have to be humble. And uh, I think that one of the things you see here with John is he puts himself under the Lord. He's leaning into the Lord, but he's putting himself under the Lord. He's letting Jesus be in charge of his life. And so, as a result, he's somebody who changes. And he changes in a profound way, in a way that has all sorts of um, beautiful expressions throughout the gospel. He's right there next to the Lord in the Lord's Supper. In fact, that's where this is taken. He's nestled himself under the care of the Lord and the lordship of the Lord. And uh, as a result he comes into the truth of who he is. 
He begins to have an integrity. He actually begins to have a heart that has an integrity to it, a solidity to it. He's the only disciple, by the way, that is still at the Lord's side when he's on the cross. And all the other guys have taken off. They've split. One of them's betrayed Jesus. But John begins to have an integrity because he puts himself under the lordship of Jesus. He's not in charge anymore. He lets Jesus be in charge. In fact, Jesus makes it really clear that this is what he wants for all of his disciples is to do as he has done. He's only ever said what he's heard the Father say. The works of Jesus are the words and the deeds that are born out of the continuous relationship with the Father under the Father's fatherhood of his sonship. He's under the Father. And so John is, in a way, he's showing us how to be under as well, and that leads to a kind of integrity. It's a humility that's required, by the way, to do that. You have to begin to realize, I actually, before God, I mean, I'm, I'm an infant. I don't know what I need to know. I need to be the youngest disciple. I need to nestle myself into his heart and just entrust myself to him. I think one of the expressions that we kind of pass over rather quickly is the expression of grace and truth, that Jesus actually reveals the grace and truth of God. And that is the um, covenantal expression of um, the relationship between God and his people in Israel. That God is merciful and he's faithful and that faithfulness endures. He never breaks covenant. He's faithful. Our problem is that we're, we're, we're wavery. <laughs> we're not always faithful. And Jesus is the one who in humanity is, first of all, finally faithful and obedient in every single way. He is faithful. That's what we translate as true. Um, in the Greek, it comes from truth. But that's really a Greek translation of mercy and faithfulness or mercy and loving kindness, that covenantal faithfulness that God is towards his people and now his people and the fullness of Jesus can begin to hope to be towards him in response to him. So Jesus and John are teaching us how to enter into God's perfect faithfulness and begin to, in ourselves, emerge in a faithful way too. But we have to put him in charge. So that's the, the first thing that I'm noticing, if we really want to change and become people of glory and people of light that reflect the Lord's light, we have to put him in charge. The second thing is that um, it's actually a choice, too. One of the things that um, came up again and again yesterday as we talked about people whose lives had been stuck in addiction or been stuck in sort of criminal ways of thinking is that people have to, have to be involved in coming out of those old patterns. And you can't force it. I mean, you can try and create extra structure that inspires a choice, but ultimately, if they don't choose it, compliance doesn't work. Just going along with it doesn't work. That doesn't work in recovery. It doesn't work. So, and actually, a lot of times what you see in, in relationships with people who are addicted is a meshment with other people. We call that codependence. That's not going to ever help that person come out of the devastation of their addiction. 
They actually have to, something has to be appealed to in them, and they have to wake up and say, I don't want to die. I need to choose, and that's part of integrity as well. Right? That John is John, and Jesus is Jesus, and Jesus has been appealing to John, and John is saying yes, and so therefore he's entrusting himself to the Lord. And this is also about holiness. There's no confusion between who Jesus is and who John is, or between jo- Jesus and, is and who the Father is, and that is holiness. That's part of integrity. And so there needs to be a choice. Um, they, they, there was just tons of stories yesterday about folks coming out of criminality, and one of the, one of the things that happens, they get stuck in this way of thinking where, um, hey, if you get me, I'm going to get you. It's kind of a street way of thinking, which I'm not, because I didn't grow up in the street. I was like, wow, that's interesting. I, I never heard of that. But it's a whole pattern of thought. Like if you steal something from me, my solution is to go off and steal. And they actually get stuck in that. And it's a pattern. And uh, one of the wonderful stories that uh, was shared yesterday was about uh, a young father walking through his inner city neighborhood. He'd been incarcerated before. So he'd lived in that mentality. But he'd begun to realize that there's a different way. And this kid, this, he called him a punk, came up to him in his own neighborhood. And he's, he's built. Like he's been in prison and he is tough. I mean, he's gone through all the weight training and everything that, you know, a lot of folks do when they go into prison. And he's walking with his daughter and this punk comes up with a gun. He's not even holding it the right way in his hand. And so he, you know, our friend from RVM who's been through the program singing, I need to teach this guy a lesson. That's how he feels tempted. Like, I'm going to go for that guy. Because he knew he could take it out of his hand and he could put this guy in his place. And then, you know, his reputation would remain intact. Like, he's still the toughest guy in the neighborhood. Even though he's not, you know, doing so much gang life. But he realized he had a choice. And he realized, too, that he could choose to do something different. And part of it was because he loved his daughter. So he had to make a choice out of love not to do what he had been programmed to do all the time. You know, just, which wasn't freedom. He was beginning to come into the integrity of who he was. He had a choice to operate in a different way, and so he actually did give the kid his wallet and his shoes. He's thinking, I can't believe I just did that. And yet, what starts to happen for him is a kind of a joy. Because he chose to do something good, and the goodness of that started to fill him with a kind of a light. He's enjoying the fact that he chose to do something that is, in that context, a very holy way of responding. He responded, and he chose in that integrity, and he enjoyed it. And light started to come into his heart. So he actually called the cops, and he, he went the way of you know, not criminality, but being a good citizen. He chose. So we, we have to, first of all, not be in charge, but we also have to choose to respond. And that leads to integrity. And it leads to the last thing I want to spend some time talking about, communion. It's a communion with glory. Um, another way of thinking about this is integration. Um, the heart is about integration. Integrity, integration, coming together in communion. And uh, 
You see this with Moses. I mean, he's, he's been communing with God, and he comes out of that tent, and his face shines at Mount Sinai. When he's received the law, it shines with that glory. And what John is bearing witness to is that Jesus is bringing a glory that doesn't fade, that we can enter into and commune with and begin to shine with. But it's, um, it's a glory that doesn't depart. I mean, Jesus comes in, and he, his tent is his flesh, right? It's kind of how the scriptures put it. He tabernacles in human flesh with the divine glory so that we can be in our humanity, in our flesh and blood, in relationship with divine glory. And so he communes with that. And the thing that I wanted to just draw attention to is that the way of John is that this is a way. This isn't just like a a once and done reality. It's a continuous reality. It's a communion that he expects to continue in love, in putting God in charge, choosing to do it, but remaining in it. He will commune and keep the communion again and again, continuously keeping that communion, that relationship. Jesus is, has the Father at his side. That's how he's described. But John wants us to realize we can, we can be at the side of Jesus. In fact, Jesus is calling his disciples through the Spirit, and he's praying for the disciples in John 17 to enter into that as a constant communion. He wants us to abide in the Father, as, uh, abide in him as he abides in the Father. I in them and they in me. And, and as the, I, you know, I, he wants us to dwell in him as he dwells in the Father and the Father in him. And with the Spirit, in the Spirit, we can do this continually. We can abide in him. And we can not just do this as an event or an episode. It can be an ongoing reality that we draw strength from. I started off by saying I'm tired, but I know that even in my tiredness, when I'm in communion with him, there's, a, there's an infusion of glory that happens. And so, you know, I, I, I start to operate according to a power that's actually beyond my own flesh and blood weakness. And that's what John offers as well. And it is, by the way, why I think he can endure. He does stand there in front of the cross because he's learned this way of drawing near and remaining near. And it's powerful to him. And he's seen that glory. He doesn't want to ever leave it. And so his mirror is forever tilted to Jesus as near to the light as it can be And so he is that disciple that can shine. He's that disciple who can see into heavenly realities in Revelation. One of the things that showed up a lot yesterday as we had the the front lines of RVM come in and talk to us, the staff team, is that they really were shining with glory. I mean, they, they have so much joy because they're seeing God change lives. And, you know, because it's faith-based, it's not just really good wisdom. Like, there's a lot of wisdom that's operative there. But this isn't just about principles. It's about the presence of God and saying yes to the presence of God and participating in that presence, and that leads to joy. And that joy is infectious. That joy is the glory of God. It's that incredibly infectious thing that says, 
Wow, I want what they have. This is so different. And you hear story after story from folks who've never experienced that before. They contact the staff who are in this kind of divine, unnamed reality, and it comes across as a joy. And they're like, I want some of that. And then the staff says, I'm praying for you. And that person cries because all of a sudden they've been taken into this communion of joy and glory. And hope starts to spark in them. They feel loved, they feel hope, and then they get healing. That's our mission, by the way, and they're doing it. And they're they're inviting these people into this, and it changes hearts. They were even telling a simple story. They said, we found this even weird, but I'm, like, my joy is growing as I'm listening to story after story after story of how joy changes people's lives, how the presence of God and drawing near to it, you know, putting him in charge and staying close to him Choosing to do that again and again, but remaining in that communion, it just grows joy. Well, the simple story that they they shared near the end, I thought was really great. This guy is coming out of the office, and he's he's like jumping like this, and he's laughing, and they're like, what is going on with you? You know, and he said, well, I found a phone, and I turned it in. (laughs) He chose to turn it in, and he's enjoying the fact that he has had a holy experience, and that was enough. I mean, the old way of thinking was, I could get this for myself. I could have this phone for free. But that was nothing compared to the treasure of the glory of the holiness of living in this way. So he's jumping, and they're they're telling this story, and I want to jump. My heart's actually skipping a bunch of beats, and I think it's keeping beat with his heart because of it. Actually, I want this. Do you want this? I want to be able to enjoy the way that young man was enjoying, choosing everything that God is offering, remaining with him, remaining in every word that he speaks. Like David, having a heart after God's because we actually carry out God's words. John is teaching us. The Lord is looking for hearts that are fully dedicated to him. That's how it's put in the Old Testament. He is searching to and fro for hearts that are fully dedicated to him. And John's showing us how so that we can shine with this joy and express this joy and this glory and so it would be contagious so that we would really reflect that light, that love, that hope, that healing, that it would permeate us. We'd be healed people, full of light, able to then, in that reflection, share it with others in love, hope, and healing to the glory of his name. I want to see that glory. I want to live in that glory. I feel stronger now than I felt at the beginning of the sermon because I am celebrating this way of being. I hope you feel strengthened. I hope you feel drawn to this. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this way that you have revealed to us and that John especially has tuned into. And I pray, Lord, that you would tune us to your heart, that we would hear your voice, that we would keep your words and so be part of your family and be your friends and and just enjoy the glow of your glory at every moment of life. Lord, we cannot change from glory to glory, but you promise us grace upon grace when we put you in charge. And glory to glory when we entrust ourselves to you. And Lord, you are calling us to do this. You are not controlling us. 
You're not forcing that. You're appealing to us. And so we are in this moment choosing, Lord, to say yes to you. We know you're looking for our hearts to be wholly dedicated to you. And we are choosing to say yes. And for the parts of us that are not, we repent, Lord, and we pray that in the confession you administer the gift of your faithfulness from within through your spirit. And Lord, we come to you now to have full communion with you and to remain with you in that continuously that your light would shine in us and through us to the glory of your name. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.